0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to Cozying Up with the Clear Cut, where we get up close and personal with women that inspire us. Today, we are with deputy editor from Nylon Magazine and journalist Irina Gretchko. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me. I got to say, I'm a little nervous. I'm used to being on the other side and asking all the questions. Well,
0: I'm a little nervous being on this side interviewing you, so um, we can be nervous together. Great. We'll figure it out. and you're also recently engaged, clear cut couple. Congratulations! Thank you. I'm so excited. I oh love my, my ring. Her ring so is much. so gorgeous. I love it. <laughs> it's um a round brilliant, but with a octagon halo on it. So it's like a cool geometric like
1: twist to it. I'm obsessed with it. Thank you so much again. Uh, it's the perfect ring. I love it.
0: We'll talk more about the proposal and all of that in a little bit, but we really want to get to know um. A little bit about how walk us through like your whole story like tell us you know how did you become a journalist how did you find yourself you know um, at nylon um, all the other pub- amazing publications you worked for and what are your favorite types of like stories to write
1: yeah so I always knew that I wanted to be a writer my mm-hmm. mom makes a joke and says all the little girls were like I want to be a ballerina I want to <laughs> be a princess and I was like I want to be a writer since and why do you think that you always wanted to be a writer I think I always really really loved reading books Mm -hmm. and so I think that just naturally was something I was interested in and then wanted to write books as a child but then as I went into middle school and high school I pretty much knew always that I want to be a journalist.
0: So even when you were younger were you more drawn to like um, news like nonfiction, or were you like a storyteller writer when you were little?
1: I think I was always drawn drawn to kind of entertainment and fashion and beauty, just the lifestyle magazines mm-hmm. that we s- used to read yeah. as girls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of that dream. And so, yeah, I went to school for journalism at Emerson College in Boston. And, and they have a
0: great journalism school. They do.
1: And yeah. it's a great school. And it was a really, really interesting time when I decided to go to college because it was... 2007, so it was BuzzFeed just came out, mm-hmm. Huffington Post, Refinery29, so there was a whole new media, online media that was forming. And and how did you choose
0: Emerson? Because I know you grew up like all over the world, right? <laughs> I did, yeah.
1: I grew up in Russia, in Spain, in Dubai.
0: Oh my god.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think that was something where I've always grown up traveling and something mm-hmm. that when it was time to decide where to go to college, I wanted to go somewhere that was completely different from what I was used to. (laughs) Yeah. So I ended up in Boston. Amazing.
0: Um, And while you were there, did you kind of, with all these, like, new types of, you know, digital media outlets coming out, like, how did you kind of navigate and find, um, you know, what you wanted to do in the space?
1: So it was interesting when, even though all these publications had just come out when I was in college, it was still when you were talking about journalism, especially lifestyle journalism that I do, it was always print magazines. Yeah. So I started interning at local magazines and did that and then after I graduated came to New York. And after I graduated I thought I wanna be a fashion journalist. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so, in a like in print magazine. Yeah, in a mm-hmm. print magazine. And I ended up in the fashion closet of a magazine quickly realized that there was no writing to be done there and that a lot of the things are kind of doing fashion samples. I was in the
0: fashion closet as an intern um, at Teen Vogue and it was basically like trafficking samples and like getting coffee and things like that and I actually when I was younger always wanted to be like an editor at like a fashion magazine too and like after that experience realized that's not really, like, what was going on.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, pretty much the same. I think it's, we all watched Sex and the City when we were growing
0: up, and we're like, oh, it's so fabulous to be (laughs) a fashion editor. It was, like, the hills in the city or whatever (laughs) at that time, and I was like, I'm going to work at Teen Vogue, (laughs) and, like, and it was, that was, like, the ultimate dream, I remember.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and then, like you said, you end up bringing coffee and sorting samples, and then... I and people are like
0: hysterically crying over like a missing shirt, and you're like, I'm not curing cancer here. Like, I'm clearly not passionate about whatever this is.
1: Yeah. yeah. So quickly realized that I probably wanted to do, not probably, that I definitely wanted to write more yeah. than credits and landed. My first just real job at People Style Watch. Cool. Which was a print magazine. It no longer exists. Really? Yeah, it closed, which happens in print media yeah. nowadays. Not it's happening moment. all
0: the time now. Yeah. I used to love People Style Watch. Me too. Yeah. I thought
1: it was a great magazine. <laughs> I would get it at the
0: airport all the time and like read it at the gate and on the plane. Like that was like my favorite to so like pick those things up.
1: No, it was such a fun magazine. But I landed there as a reporter which was essentially a glorified name for a fact checker. Mm -hmm. But it was, at the time, I don't think I realized what a great foundation that is for a journalist, Mm -hmm. especially nowadays where we are in online publishing and everything goes up so fast. Yeah, There are no really fact checkers or researchers, so it was a great foundation for everything that I would go on to do in journalism and just learning how to fact check everything, making sure the story is 100%
0: accurate, doing the research. Do people... Fact check now before they throw things up
1: online, or not really? I mean, it depends from place to place, but I would say most news stories, unless they're s- super heavy on research, usually it's an editor that just kind of looks over the work of the writer and mm-hmm. makes sure that it looks good. But I will say now, if back in the day or not even back in the day in print publishing, if you make a mistake, you're kind of it's bad. Yeah, because it's out there. You can't like edit it. You can't like go back in real time. Yeah. So you Mm -hmm. have to print a correction in the next issue. And yeah, online, if there is a mistake, usually you can fix it and Mm -hmm. you just write an editor's note that whatever mistake was being made. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say that was very helpful having that kind of background and I tell everyone who students who approach me and ask me what's the best tip I can give them I always say try to go to a research department to do fact checking or copy editing just which doesn't sound
0: fun no yeah or glamorous but I know it's it's definitely
1: like something that you need to know if you're like gonna progress in your career right yeah and I mean yeah, like I said, it was not the most fun job, but it, will, it provided me the foundation that I needed.
0: That's how, like when people come to me and like ask me, oh, how can I do what you do? I always say, well, you first have to start, you know, working in like either a retail store or like somewhere in the industry and like learn those basic skills before you can like become a private jeweler. But no one wants to hear that. Everyone wants to just like skyrocket and like go directly to doing the fun stuff.
1: Which I'm sure, too, they don't think about. But even working with a customer, there is an art to, to it, it? Mm-hmm. especially given how delicate some of the subjects that you deal with. come yeah. up, Like budgets. and yeah. Price points and things like that. Yeah,
0: totally. So after People Style Watch, um, where would you go
1: next? So I had a few swerves and curves, but next I was in D.C. for a year and a half, and I started working there for a local magazine called, called The Washingtonian. I originally applied to run their fashion website, did not get that job, but the editor-in-chief and the fashion editor who interviewed me really, really liked me mm-hmm. and they asked me if I would come on and work as an f- assistant fashion editor, but then also help them with their weddings magazine. Cool. And it was Washingtonian wedding. so. That was my first entry point into bridal. Bridal. And I know you've done like a lot in bridal, right? Yeah, I did a lot in bridal. There was kind of my first job and it involved a lot of styling work, working on bridal photo shoots and just really doing bridal content, talking Mm -hmm. to brides about real weddings. But it was a a very fun job. You're just surrounded by wedding dresses and wedding rings, which I know you're surrounded
0: (laughs) by all day. When you were younger and kind of growing up did you ever like envision like were you one of those people that always like planned their perfect wedding or um like obsessed over like the dress that you were gonna have or anything
1: like that no so it's funny when (laughs) they offered me the job one of the first things i said i was like i don't really know much about the bridal world i mean i was 23 at that point like i didn't know nothing about weddings And they were like, well, it's fine. As long as you know about fashion and beauty and just general lifestyle content, it's not that different. Yeah. You're tackling the same type of topics, which ended up being true. Mm -hmm. And I was there for probably a year and a half and had a really, really great experience. Decided that I missed New York too much. Yeah. Came back. And then the next two jobs that came along were in the bridal world. So I freelanced for Brides Magazine. And then I went to the Nod and Mm -hmm. was there for another year and a half. So I did bridal in total for three years.
0: Oh, wow. So you're like an expert in bridal and now you're a bride. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So how has that like like influenced you? Like now that you're like finally in that space, like are you like overwhelmed by it? Or you're like, I'm an expert. I know exactly what to do with like invitations and
1: this and that. So I think having worked for three years in bridal, I feel like I lived through hundreds of, of different weddings. weddings. Yes. So I don't necessarily know if that's what I want for mm-hmm. myself. Even picking an engagement ring, I was like, I don't know what I want. I've seen so many beautiful things. How mm-hmm. do you pick? Yeah, that's
0: kind of how I am too. Everyone's like, what's your favorite cut? How did you pick your ring? It was like, Well, I saw my ring when I was eight years old. So, like, I kind of just made that decision. Um, And I'm glad that it was kind of taken out of my control a little bit because I love almost everything I make. I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't have a favorite shape. It kind of just depends on like my day and my mood, you
1: know? Now, I feel like you are so lucky that that happened (laughs) because it almost defines you where they say you're an expert in engagement rings. So, what did you pick for yourself? And if you don't
0: have like a million dollar budget, it's like, I don't know, you know? Um, so what were your favorite topics to write about, like, when you were in bridal? Or was that something that you were passionate about at the time?
1: I... When I started, like I said, didn't know much Much? Mm -hmm. and I definitely enjoyed it a lot. I mean, it's hard not to like the bridal world. Everyone is nice. Everyone is so happy Happy and excited. Yeah. Yeah, So it's definitely was a very nice industry to work in. But after three years, I think I got a little tired and just writing. Well, it can be a little bit repetitive, right? Like, yeah, (laughs) it can be, I think, a lot of repetitive. Obviously, there's new trends that come out and things like that. But it's were you writing a lot about like bridal fashion
0: or like etiquette and weddings or like what types of pieces
1: were um, you mostly doing? So it was a mix since I did have three different jobs. It was when my first job, a lot of it was fashion and brides. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, no, Washington. Oh, okay. It was a lot of um, different just fashion, beauty. Of photo shoots it was real weddings when i went over to brides i was in their uh wedding style section so it was a lot of registry and invitations and things like that uh, and, so you know like all the rules a little bit <laughs> i mean i wasn't there i was a freelancer there yeah. so i wasn't there for too too long but i've definitely learned a lot in that department where mm-hmm. i just things i never knew about yeah and then at the knot i did more of the news planning things like that yeah
0: Which is so crazy because, like, I deal with, like, the ring. So, obviously, I'm an expert in that, like, one thing. But when I came to planning my wedding, I realized now that I'm more in the space that I made so many, like, faux pas. Like what? So, we... I didn't send, like, real invitations. I sent a paperless post email. (laughs) Which I guess, like, if you're, like... I mean, I was just watching, like, I don't know, some reality show, and, like, it was, like, Southern Charm or something like that, and I was like, oh, my God, like, I made, like, the cardinal sin of, like, not sending, like, the perfect, like, wedding invitations and this and that, and, like, I did a lot of my own like favors and it's like oh like you didn't have like the proper like paperware to like set the tone for like your special day I was like I don't know like looked good like
1: (laughs) it's so funny because there are so many rules Rules. at the end of the day did it ruin anything in your wedding
0: no and I think like kind of um sometimes following all those rules can be just like so draining and like overwhelming especially planning a wedding is just so stressful with everyone involved telling you like what you can and cannot do that sometimes it's fun to be like a little rebellious and be like whatever like we only told people we were getting married like six months before the wedding which I guess is a huge faux pas too uh-huh. of a destination wedding rules yeah extra layers yeah. <laughs> yes there's so many extra layers and we were like yeah like whatever like just show up it'll be fine and we just had like a website and i don't know think no like formal like ness around it which I, that's what i wanted but i guess when reading brides and the nod and all of that i was like oh my god this is not the per- correct way of doing okay hey,
1: you save paper
0: on yeah the wedding invitations exactly I was like, this is eco-friendly, right?
1: Yeah. And I was like, I don't check my mail. <laughs> I know. I never, I don't even have the key to our mailbox. <laughs> it's bad. Like, Kevin is responsible for bringing all Some, our mail. No, I
0: get, like, anxiety because s- sometimes I won't check the mailbox for, like, a month. And I'm like, I don't even want to open it. And, like, no, it's in there at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Um, awesome. So, after your, like, stint in writing about bridal, um, now you're currently did you go straight to nylon after that
1: yeah so I think after three years I got to a point where I was like I don't really want to write about bridal anymore Forever, yeah and so then I got my job at nylon and I've been there for the past four years and kind of covering a whole range of topics from fashion to beauty entertainment kind of everything which was very nice to have to go from a niche kind of subject to now
0: and now like you can write about I mean you wrote a, an, an amazing article on the clear cut oh my god it was so good We're, we have to link to it because it was it was like one of the best articles uh. ever, ever written about us but so now you can kind of just pick up anything that you want to write about
1: essentially as long as it's kind of on brand and feels right and mm-hmm. there's something interesting and unique about it yeah I can I kind of write about whatever I want but also I edit So a lot of the articles that go up, I am the one who's editing them or commissioning Mm -hmm. them if it's with a freelance writer. Yeah, so, but it's fun. It's a fun job. Yeah,
0: definitely. And I know that there's, do you do mostly digital or print as well?
1: So we do, it's all digital. Our print magazine closed down as well.
0: We Um, were in Japan like last week and I saw a print nylon Japan. Yeah, it's pretty cool. They yeah. do have
1: franchises, yeah. and so that's one And of I them. was like,
0: whoa, I didn't know this was, like, a thing. <laughs> no,
1: it is interesting seeing those other magazines, and I love whenever I get a chance like, to get in a copy, I will look through them and see yeah, what they're doing.
0: So now that you have, like, you're not kind of pigeonholed into a n- specific niche, like, what are the types of stories that, you know, most interest you or that you are, like, most excited to write about?
1: So I will say, I definitely went back to my fashion roots, Mm -hmm. and I write a lot about fashion, and I think that's something I'm very, very interested in, whether it's profiles on different companies and brands, or whether it's just kind of pieces asking what the future of fashion is. But I also love writing about beauty and wellness, and just Mm -hmm. lifestyle. Lifestyle
0: in general.
1: Yeah. Cool. But it's been interesting, because I was for a very long time in print magazines and Mm -hmm. did components of it that were online and then four years ago I decided that I wanted to make switch to be online
0: so yeah I would love to get your insight too in that switch with like all of these big magazines kind of closing down their print even like Teen Vogue is only online now like a lot of magazines have switched to completely digital because no one's buying print anymore right so do you have any insight on that like what are your like thoughts for like the future of you know, media?
1: I mean, I think no one can really answer what the future is. And it's definitely people, most of them are getting their news online. They're getting their content online. But I'm not in the camp that thinks print is going to die entirely. Mm -hmm. I think people will always want to pick up a copy of Vogue and read a profile in there. So I think it's just a matter of figuring out how one supports the other especially for magazines that have print component to them, they should also be thinking about online and how that supports the packages that they do and stories that they run.
0: Yeah, because um, some publications like have their print, but then they have like way more articles
1: that you can find just online, right? Yeah, and it m- makes sense because print, there's only so many words you can fit on a page mm-hmm. as opposed to online that you can really kind of create a beautiful robust article that talks about all the different aspects that just simply don't fit on paper
0: yeah and then you have a little bit more freedom right in terms of being able to write about more things then I'm not sure but in print you probably have to get approval to like take
1: up the real estate on Um, how many pages there are, right? Definitely, and in print especially, you typically work, uh, I mean it ranges from magazine to magazine, but places that I have worked, usually it's three months ahead of the publishing date, so in those three months leading up, anything could happen, and mm -hmm. anything news can drop, so it's just also a matter if for some reason you're not, you can't in time print something for the print issue, that there's an online aspect to it where you can still write about it. and
0: Because now it's like you need the news like the second things happen and everyone wants to know like every detail, which also I think makes it difficult to like have all the all the facts in line,
1: right? Yeah, I mean, it is so, so, so quick and immediate. And I mean, I don't know from your side when you work with the media, what kind of timelines you personally work with when they ask you for Well, asset.
0: I know a lot of times we'll work with... um Media outlets, and if someone gets engaged, like they need to know, like, that second, like, what I think, like, the shape, how much is it, all this. And then sometimes I get like a blurry photo, and I'm like, I don't, is when, when Emma Stone got engaged, I was like, is that even a diamond? Like, I have no idea. And it was a pearl. Oh, so I, I did was, not know that. That's yeah, cool. It was like this really cute, like, pearl in this antique setting. I was like, it looks like an antique setting, but I don't know what kind of diamond that is because it was like kind of blurry. So, Sometimes I'm like, I don't want to like give, uh, I don't want to say something that I can't like back up myself or like, how much do you think this is? And it's like, sometimes I feel bad if it's not like a million dollar ring. And I'm like, oh, it looks like it's like $10,000, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's like not what people want to hear sometimes too, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think for those types of things, they work, they need it like the second like news is announced you know yeah um i think it's funny because when i went to college when i went to nyu in order to be a journalism major they made you double major in something else because they said like journalism was dying
1: wow that's interesting yeah i mean i can't say that it's not true it has got there's less jobs out there the mass heads are shrinking It's definitely a very competitive industry, and it's hard to get into, and it was even hard when I was starting out, but yeah, that's interesting that it make you double major.
0: Yeah, because they were like, oh, like, journalism as we know it, like, doesn't exist anymore. Now, I guess, like, anyone, even like me, can be, like, a blogger or, like, say whatever I want and, like, just publish it online and people can take it as fact sometimes so I think it's important that there are like outlets out there that are still like fact checking and like obviously there was important like newspapers like the New York Times and all of that it's it's important to have like real journalism out there still
1: yeah for sure and I mean now thinking back to it when I entered college too I was entering as a print journalism major but then they made a switch and it became print on multimedia mm-hmm. which obviously makes sense, sense again yeah. with the online boom but yeah awesome you know.
0: so in every episode we ask all of our guests like what is your spark so that means like what is that thing inside you that like motivates you to like continue to do your job every single day and like kind of like drives your passion
1: I will say Definitely telling people stories. Mm-hmm. I think that's my favorite part of my job and think that makes me love my job. I meet so many new people all the time that have either incredible businesses or incredible stories. Oh, that's how we and
0: met. You, that is yeah. how we met. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, it was. It was so interesting, too, in your case, where I remember someone told me about the Clear Cut and they're like, I think it's a really interesting company. I think you should check it out. And I was like, okay and I added you on Instagram and I was like I'll just see kind of what they do and just watch out for them and then I started watching all your videos (laughs) whether it was the questions the Q&A and I was like wow this is I'm like I'm not even the customer but I want to see this content because Mm -hmm. it just teaches me something new and it's interesting to watch and then I just cold emailed you yeah and asked if I could profile
0: oh my god that's so awesome so just meeting people and like you know, telling people stories.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just people have such interesting stories and reasons for why they're launching their brands, especially nowadays when it's direct-to-consumer and just fashion is changing in general. Yeah. So I think storytelling is the thing that is kind of my spark.
0: (gasps) Awesome. Um, I just have a random question. What do you think are, like, the coolest, like,
1: newest things that
0: you've seen, like, in the fashion or, like, direct-to-consumer world that you've covered or? been exploring recently
1: oh that's a tricky one i feel like there's so much always going on but i think right now the thing that i'm most interested is the future of fashion in terms of sustainability and what new brands are doing things that are sustainable and how they're approaching that and i mean it's hard to be a new brand that's sustainable just because you're still inherently producing more things Mm -hmm. but it is just all the businesses that are either upcycling or using recycled materials that they come and just like doing new things with them
0: because clothing contributes to so much of the pollution in like the world right they end up in landfills like most of the clothing items so I know there are tons of I was watching like something I think on BBC when we were in Japan about all these new like companies that are yeah either figuring out ways of like streamlining manufacturing better or like using like recycled materials and i think that's like the cool i think that's super cool too
1: yeah i mean it is it's just like there's no way we're st- and i think i c- i can be wrong on this but i think fashion is the second or third most second. polluting yep. industry, mm-hmm. which is crazy and it's something we consume on a daily basis so i think To even for me heading into this year one of the things i'm trying to think about is how can i buy more secondhand clothes and just like trying to make most use of my closets
0: I'm like a huge proponent of the rent the runway unlimited and I haven't really bought that much stuff because I've been just like renting my clothes now I don't know if that's sustainable but I think it it's a little bit better, right? No,
1: I think it's definitely better as long yeah. as you're not buying new clothes out there and rewiring things. Yeah. Because I
0: used to buy like fast fashion. I'd buy like one thing and wear it like maybe one or two times and then just like throw it away. And it's like that's just, I feel like that was a few years ago. And now like we're heading in a totally new direction in like fashion.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm the same way I used to. I would need an outfit and I would go to an H&M or a Zara and yeah. buy a whole outfit. Yeah. And now it just like hangs on my closet and yeah. some of the quality. I'm like, I don't really want to wear this again. But yeah. And you
0: feel bad. Yeah, you're totally. Like, and then closet. I live in this tiny apartment and I'm like, I can't accumulate like so much stuff that I'm like never going to wear again.
1: Oh, I know I have so many <laughs> shoes too that is my bias <laughs> I love shoes and I have so many and they're just everywhere oh my god well I wanted to gift you
0: a spark ring oh, so you. this is a ring that we give all of our guests and it's just like a daily reminder of you know to keep hustling and keep um you know fueling your passions and if it doesn't fit you we can size
1: you and get send you a proper size i love it so yay. much i watched other episodes and i was like i really hope i get one too yeah, of like course. So <laughs> love
0: it and and we ask all of our guests to and if you want a pinky we'll just give you a smaller size yeah
1: there we go yay
0: yeah. oh my god it's so cute i love it <laughs> um and we always ask all of our guests to bring a special piece of jewelry because we think jewelry can be you know so much more than just like a luxury item, but there's a lot of sentimental value in a lot of pieces. So um, tell us what you brought. Yeah,
1: I actually have two pieces. Okay. But my first one is something that I received from an old mentor, mm-hmm. Tangle, but it's this arrow necklace. Okay. Um, and it's this arrow necklace and my mentor when I was leaving gave it to me as a reminder to all of us keep pushing forward oh. and to zooming right through to whatever goals I have and just ignoring anything else that's around me so I think that has that been, is such a sweet sentiment it is so 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 sweet and it's just like a simple necklace yeah that reminder and it's also I've been so fortunate in this industry that I've had mentors. That's good. That have taught me and just have really been the biggest cheerleaders in my life. And I think that is so, so, so important in my industry where everyone kind of knows each other, but also just in general, that we should all have people that are championing us and that we are.
0: It's a game changer. It's like essential to have like the support system. Um, Do you and I think I don't know the industry but i feel like it can be kind of competitive and cutthroat right
1: yeah i mean like i mentioned before it is there's so there's so few jobs nowadays in journalism that it is so 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 competitive but then it's also the industry is also pretty small and everyone knows each other and i always again another thing that students always ask me they're like well, like, how do you network? How do you meet people? Mm-hmm. But also say every person that you meet, you just have to be nice to everyone. Yes, it's, you never know. You might have an assistant, you might have an intern. And then one day they're going to work for your dream job. And you're going to it's just like you all of us have to be nice to people and just treat them with respect. And yeah, all of us, if you can help and do what you can for other people.
0: I think that's awesome and that's like true in every industry totally what's your second piece
1: so my second piece is obviously my engagement ring and it's so funny because prior to this I've never really worn rings Mm -hmm. and I was one of the things I was nervous about I'm like is it something I can wear every single day yeah so it's been nice to see how obsessed I am with it (laughs) and how It just, like, fits with everything. You get
0: used to it. You get used to it so fast. Now I feel naked without it. Yeah, and it's like, wait, if I, like, leave it at home or I left it, like, on our trip and I would always be checking my fingers, like, oh, my God, like, where is it? Like, as if I, like, lost it or something.
1: But, like, too, mentioned earlier where when I did not know at all what engagement Mm -hmm. ring I wanted, I knew that I didn't want anything classic but I also knew I didn't want anything that I wouldn't love in 10 years. Mm -hmm. So I think it was yeah I just love how it has a unique setting Mm -hmm. and it still is a classic diamond.
0: Yay and tell us about how he proposed.
1: I want to hear the story from you. Uh, It was so 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 sweet. So Kevin always known that I wanted to go to Gramercy Park which is the private gated community and you can you can't, can't get in without a key. Yeah, you mm-hmm. can't get in without a key. So, and it's we've walked around it a bunch of times and things like that. So then one day he suggested we go get brunch, and he told me it was a surprise brunch. And Kevin does things like that. He oh he does. So yeah. you weren't
0: like thrown off because no. if Kyle said there was a surprise brunch, <laughs> I'd be very suspicious.
1: No, and I was like okay, and he's like yeah, and then we're gonna go hang out with. It. He has a little nephew, so we're like he's like we're gonna hang out with him, and I was like great. We go to the Gramercy Park Hotel where the brunch is. Again, I'm like, oh, okay, this is. normal Mm -hmm. and then as we're wrapping up brunch I say I'm like why don't we walk around Gramercy Park and see if someone will let us in oh really yeah Mm -hmm. and he was like that's a great idea (laughs) he was probably like yes (laughs) yeah he probably was like so relieved he's like I don't have to do anything now I don't have to suggest doing it (laughs) yeah so sure enough as we approach Gramercy Park there's someone standing there who was like oh you should come in so we do. <laughs> Were you, like, suspicious by that, or? No, because I thought I set it into motion. Yes. I thought, I'm like, I'm the one who suggested it. Look at me. Now there is someone. But he had planned for that person to be there. Yes, yeah. he did. And then he proposed inside the park. Were you surprised? I was so surprised. Really? Yeah, I was even, like, walking into the park, I just thought it was luck. I'm like, things like that happen in New York all the time. <laughs> And so, no, I was so surprised. I fell down to both of my knees, too, Aww. when he went down a one. Yeah. It oh, was, my God. It was so, so, so sweet. That's
0: so sweet. And then did you hang out
1: with his cousin after? Uh, no, his <laughs> uh, nephew. No. Yeah. But that was the first question I asked. I'm like, oh, so do we now go hang out with your nephew? And he's like no <laughs> this was all a ruse now we celebrate yeah and we stayed at the hotel which was oh my was god that's really, awesome
0: yeah. oh a little like staycation that is so cute i love that story
1: yeah, it was yeah it was a very very special day oh my god
0: and i love that you were like so surprised
1: yeah i was shocked. And everyone says they're like how he suggested a surprise brunch the walk through the park and i was like i Oh, no. Yeah.
0: And sometimes
1: you're just like
0: kind of not thinking about it all the time. So it's just like going with the flow. Do you like remember what he said when he got down on one knee? Because I, I blacked out completely.
1: No. I can't <laughs> remember anything. That's what
0: everyone says. They're always like, I've no idea.
1: No, yeah, and he too, he was like, You know, you fell down on the ground. And I was like, No, I didn't. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, you definitely did. Oh my god, that is so awesome. Um and
0: we like to look at sparkly things, and I know your ring is a geometric kind of shape, and you like kind of funkier geometric pieces, right? I love, yes. So I brought some kind of, like, out there stuff to look at. Love it. Um, and your ring has a beautiful round brilliant diamond, but it's set in an octagon halo on a super thin pave band, so it has this, like, cool modern geometric feel to um, something that's a classic look. Um yeah.
1: No, I definitely like that kind of modern the twist. Yeah, the twist on a classic. Yeah, and
0: that that's like my favorite thing to do too. So we have some cool, funky, geometric, a little bit more out there things to just kind of take a look at and play with. So this is a new trend actually in engagement rings has been like weird funky shapes like this trillion this triangle diamond usually these were always just side stones to center stones but now people are doing them as like their actual center stone so it's like a two carat trillion with this kind of like a weird funky industrial like open look
1: I love that. I'm gotta say, I'm obsessed with the double bands. When really? There's, yeah. When there's a ring inside the double bands, I think it looks so, so, so beautiful.
0: And I feel like this is kind of more of like a middle finger or like pointer finger ring or something. Um, it's kind of like heavier, a little bit has a masculine like vibe to it.
1: No, it's so I feel like high fashion. Yeah. And modern. Yeah.
0: We just made a really pretty um trillion ring for a client and. It was on, it was kind of similar, but it didn't have this top part. It just had a really thin band, but it was offset, and it was, like, super oh, cool. Wow. Yeah. That
1: is really cool.
0: And then I have these, a cool twist on, like, fancy drop earrings that you would, like, see on the red carpet, but these have kite-shaped diamonds. Oh, wow. So they're kind of these, like, triangles with step cuts, so it looks like an emerald cut faceting, but then it goes into like this weird triangle. So they're um, three diamonds and they kind of go from smallest to largest, which are kind of cool.
1: This is beautiful. That shape is so unique.
0: Yeah, it's super cool. You like barely ever see this type of shape. Um, hopefully we'll make more rings with that shape. That, But it's, it's also something that was never really used for like center stones or anything like that, more for like a drop earring or like a side stone.
1: So what do you think are some of the trends that are going to be popular this coming year?
0: So this year, oh, you're turning it on me. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? Um, I think things that I'm seeing that are picking up are, um, uh, so a lot of people have been doing really, really thin bands for their engagement rings, but now we're seeing more people wanting to get a thicker wedding band to huh. pair with it. So like, almost like men's band width to wear with their thin, um, ring. So kind of like either like with some texture, like a hammered look or like a brushed finish or even some like little diamonds in it. So we've been seeing more of like funky pairings with like maybe more classic rings and then like a funkier wedding band. So I think that's going to be a trend that continues. And you've, um, you see that with, um, what's her name? Emily Radikowski. she has like the two, the Trois mois, which was huge last year, and I think it's going to continue on for this year, but she pairs it with a thick, hammered wedding band.
1: Hmm. It's interesting. I've been actually seeing a lot of people, instead of engagement rings, having wedding bands with diamonds in them.
0: Yes. Which has been cool. A lot of people have been doing eternity bands as engagement rings. Is that the? Radiated. The Radiator. A lot of people have been doing attorney bands as their engagement rings and then like stacking it with like a plain band. So that's been cool. I think three stone rings are they are going to pick up more popularity this year um, with like maybe funkier side stone shapes that we haven't seen before um, and two tone, three stone rings,
1: two tone three stone rings.
0: So three stone rings, um, but with like gold bands.
1: I like that. I do really like especially rose gold Mm -hmm. I just this feminine cuts yeah. like ovals I think looks so, so elegant
0: so, yeah so those are things I think um are going to be kind of newer trends but we'll see as the year goes on oh, cool um so yeah that's about it <laughs> um well I'm so excited that you were able to come by today this was so much fun and I Tell everyone where people can follow you, read your articles, all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, you can follow me on my Instagram. Irina Gretschko is my handle, but also follow Nylon for all the articles that I write. Amazing.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming by. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Yay! And if you guys want to see all the beautiful jewelry we were looking at, head to our YouTube at The Clear Cut and, of course, follow us at The Clear Cut. Thanks, guys. See you next time.